0: Welcome to Informed Aging, a podcast about health, help, and hard decisions for older adults. I'm Robin Roundtree. I spent six years as a family caregiver and now work in the senior care industry with Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center. With me is my co host, Edith Gendron. She's the chief of operations for Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, a positive approach to care certified trainer and consultant and a former family caregiver with well over 30 years of experience in the industry. I want to let you know that the thoughts and opinions offered on this podcast belong to Edith and I, not our wonderful employers and sponsors. So if you want to get mad, get mad at us, not at them. And before making any significant changes in you or your person's life, please consult with your own Experts. Today we're having our friend Stephanie back. Now Stephanie Malally is a clinical social worker with the Advent Health Memory Care Clinic. She has both her bachelor's degree and master's degree in social work, and she's a certified trainer with Department of Elder Affairs for Alzheimer's Disease and Other Related Disorders for Adult Daycare programs and skilled nursing facilities. So we're so glad to have her back. We're talking about seniors and driving. And we'll be right back after these messages. Senior Helpers is the only home care agency offering a revolutionary new way to approach senior care, the Life Profile Assessment. This data-based app is a crucial tool in helping seniors age safely and successfully at home. Combined with our proven in-home care programs and trained caregivers, Senior Helpers Life Profile is leading the way to better outcomes for our clients. For more information, log on to SeniorHelpers.com. For over 37 years, the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, ADRC, has served as a Central Florida based grassroots nonprofit and community resource center. They are dedicated to providing support and hope for families and individuals caring for someone they love who is living with Alzheimer's disease or other dementia related illnesses. ADRC empowers caregivers with the knowledge, support, skills and strategies they need to help them confidently prepare for the challenges that lie ahead to learn more visit the website adrccares.org today we're talking about the elderly and driving and you don't think much about this until you're behind that little old lady maybe on the road and you're like why are you going so slow but there are changes in the body that are happening that you get older that maybe don't make you the best driver out on the roadway. We are losing muscle mass the older we get and bone strength, which increases your risk of injury or death in a crash. Over age 65, you're four times more likely to sustain serious injuries compared to people under 24. Your body just doesn't bounce back. Um, Sensory issues as you age. Maybe you're not feeling your hands and feet as well. Those are very important when you're holding a wheel or working those brake and gas pedals. Decreased flexibility. If you're over 50, you know when you wake up in the morning, you're not as flexible as you used to be. So you can't make that quick look around. So as the body ages, there are things to keep in mind. Your vision is definitely affected. So if you think your relative, your loved one, should not be behind the wheel, That's a scary conversation because nobody wants to have their driver's license revoked. So we've got Stephanie Mullally back. And what are some signs to look for that your loved one maybe shouldn't be on the road?
1: So a few signs to look for um, is if there's unexplained damage to the car. Um, You just, they don't remember where the Mm. damage came from. You have no idea. Um, They're getting lost when they're just going to the store in the neighborhood, um, as well as needing reminders of how to get to a familiar location that they've gone to for years, very often throughout the week. Um, So if you're starting to see those signs on a regular basis, definitely that's a red flag that they need to be assessed, um, reach out to the doctor, and also, you know, it's good to, regularly ride with your loved one to see for yourself how their driving skills are. Okay,
0: so we've determined there may be just dementia or just normal aging that's making them not a great driver. So how how do you have that conversation? The person who may have taught you how to drive, you're now saying you're not a great driver.
2: Especially when it's their only form of transportation that happened with my dad mm. um, vision deficit due to type 2 diabetes he was the only driver right and he lived in a very rural area now what do we do mm.
1: and it's such a tough topic because independence is so important to all of us yeah and so the the fact that they could lose their license due to this, that is one of the biggest forms of loss that they're going to be experiencing, minus any health challenges, um, memory challenges. So if your loved one, you know, it's early on in a diagnosis, especially if it comes to memory, it's good to have those conversations early on. So they're able to participate more and have a more of an understanding than maybe later on. So putting a plan in place, there are um, driving agreements that like the Alzheimer's Association has as a document that you can can um, create uh, between you and your loved one, but really sharing with them the safety concerns, but also reassuring them And praising them for the good that they've done. They, you know, have taken responsibility. They've had a great driving record for so many years. But looking at, okay, within the last couple of months, these circumstances has happened. And we want to keep you safe as well as others. And knowing that they want the same thing as well. Granted, we know it is a tough conversation, so it may not go smoothly or according to plan. Um, I know with my great aunt, she was a spitfire up until the end. Thankfully, she volunteered to give up her license because I know that would have been a tough conversation that the family would have had to have. Um, but if you know it doesn't go according to plan, you've tried your best, and you know it's important to get the doctor involved you know having them be aware of what's going on the concerns and having them let your loved one know that they should not be on the road Um, also getting a driving assessment you know there are providers out there occupational therapists and such that can do that assessment to see if if that individual should be behind the wheel Um, so there are definitely different factors um and also having a plan B if, if they're not driving. What does that look like? I'm very OCD, so I need to have a plan A, plan B, the whole alphabet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So seeing in their area what alternate transportation could be, whether it's access links or there's something called Go Go Grandparent that's like an Uber for seniors. So you know, just seeing what's available in their area could be a neighbor that would be willing to transport or someone from the their church so just having different options so that they don't feel that they are they've lost complete independence
2: yeah access links for those outside of florida is a public transit bus that specializes in providing transportation for the disabled we were taught long time ago so i'm going to check and see is it's still good advice that it is preferable to have the physician start or or carry out the removal process if you were rescinding the driver's license because the state respects that more quickly than if a relative does because then the state has to do some level of investigation to make sure it's not malicious, whereas if a doc sends it in, right, it's like, okay, the doc is saying this. Plus, quite frankly, sorry to all you wonderful physicians, it's always better to have the doc be the heavy on that one
1: yes. than
2: it is the daughter or the husband or the wife or you know the loving neighbor.
1: And that is very true. You know, anything that the doctor can assist with to start that process with the DMV um, is very helpful, you know. Um, And caregivers, this is a hot topic for them as well. So, you know, a lot of times to kind of de-escalate their loved one from wanting to drive um, when their license has been revoked they're able to show the letter from the DMV or show this prescription or document from the doctor's office stating that they are not to drive so it kind of reminds them you know that it's not just the family saying this um, because they're you know I know as a teenager if my family gave me advice. I didn't want to necessarily hear it, and I thought I knew everything. So, you know, hearing it from outside sources definitely put it in perspective, even though deep down I knew my family was just trying to help. Right.
0: So, yeah, bringing in that third party, you may want to, you know, throw it out in, in conversation to kind of read the room, as they say, are are they defensive when you talk about driving or say, you know, remember Meredith, our neighbor who crashed her car? Maybe she was a little too old to be driving. Kind of just bring it up and see how they're feeling and maybe they are willing to give it up. But I wouldn't go heavy guns in and say, you have to stop driving. Um, leave that for someone else.
2: Yeah, it's an incredibly intense discussion one thing when we're talking about our world the world of dementia that's very helpful and a little difficult is to make the car go away Mm -hmm. right um and if if you're thinking well wait a minute now I still need the car okay but you may have to make it go uh, to a different piece of property in a garage or something like that it's it's a little inconvenience but if you don't you will be standing there with the police one day while your person, as ours did, calls the dealership and his has the ignition replaced so they can get their set of keys and carry on. So mm. it's amazing how creative people can be.
1: Yes. They do have their lucid moments. So, you know, I've definitely heard caregivers share they've removed the battery or disconnected and their loved one has connected the battery back yes. up. Yes. So, you know... Having that driving assessment, even riding with your loved one, um, if they're not to the point, you know, if they pass their driving test and the doctor doesn't feel that they need to stop driving at this point, maybe have it to where they're just driving within a mile radius from their home or within their neighborhood during the day. You know, so it's safer not having to worry about the highway because I-4 here in Florida is definitely um, a treat at times. (laughs) And, you know, the nighttime, especially if there's vision impairment, things of that nature can just add to it. So, you know, there's definitely adjustments that can be made if they're still able to drive, haven't had their license revoked, but still taking their safety and others' safety in mind.
2: You make an excellent point about driving at night, and uh, my sister's going to kill me, but I'm going to share a 30-second. We were driving back from New York State, and uh, we were sharing the driving, and it was dark, 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 dark. It was Virginia. We were on Route 64. My sister's driving. She's the kid's sister. I'm the old one, and as she's driving along, she starts to slow down on this major highway. I said, "What, what are you doing? What are you doing? She said, well, I think that car up ahead stopped it's like no her whole perspective her depth perception her whole perspective was off and she's considerably younger than me so it's not necessarily always um what we think of as our 80 year old grandparent right. right you know our 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 own aging bodies so the point of all of that is not driving at night might be a good compromise a good first step to take we just don't drive if it's it's dark.
0: Right. And you can always bring in the, it's not just about you. I'm worried, you know, if you were to get into a crash, then your insurance is going to go up. It's going to cost you. God forbid you kill someone when you're out driving. You know, you have to kind of bring it in. It's not just about you. See if that works. But again, bringing in that third party, they know what they're doing. So... Look for the signs. are real. Oh, yeah, lawsuits are very real. They are. Absolutely. And
1: so are silver alerts. You yes, know, yes. That to tell, me, it, tell us what a silver alert is. So a silver alert um, is issued if an individual, a senior um, with, you know, memory impairment or any cognitive impairment leaves their property, their home, um, and is gone for a few hours, but they leave by car. A silver alert is issued by law enforcement, FDLE. Um, if they leave by foot, then you know, of course, police are involved, but it's it's not activating a silver alert. Um, so we do see those quite often. Um, and as you know a social worker with memory care, we do monitor those. So if those are issued, that means someone with memory impairment, a senior, has gotten into a car and has not been seen. Um, for some time. So those are activated on I-4. We see them on the signs um, and throughout the states um, to be able to locate that individual. Um, So I can't even imagine being someone that, you know, gets lost, the family trying to find their loved one, and they end up not even within the state. I have seen where people have driven. They've ended up in Pennsylvania,
2: Indiana. We did exactly. one in Indiana.
1: So it's very scary, um, and just to imagine them going through that, not knowing what's going on, um, just is very heartbreaking. So just having that realization with them as well. Heavy topic. Heavy topic. It is.
2: It is. It's complex. It's very individualized. Everything we're talking about today is critically important, but you have to make it make sense in your own world. What you don't get to do, no matter how hard it is, is not address the issue. Right?
0: Yep.
1: Correct. Yeah. Because
0: if you know that person should not be driving and there is an accident some attorney's going to sniff that out.
2: Right. Yes. And there's rumors and I'm I'm saying rumors because I haven't cleared it with my favorite uh, elder law attorney, but there are rumors that the family member um let, let's put it in context. Mom has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. It's on her record. She's still, in the daughter's eyes, capable of driving a little bit, so she does that little bit of driving and she gets in an accident. The daughter is also liable because she knew about it and allowed her mother to drive. Mm. Now I'm not sure how legally sound that argument is, but you know... We have a lot of billboards here in Florida, and one of those people would be happy to explore that for you.
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, Correct. And I have heard that as well, Edith, and one of the driving instructors with one of the academies had said something along that line as well. Good to know. Um, So, yes, you definitely, it's not just impacting the individual, it's impacting everybody involved um, that's aware all right so we're going to talk to some
0: other people with some ideas on how to help out because this is such a tough topic but stephanie malali thank you so much for being here You ladies we are going to dive further into this issue in our next podcast make sure to look for it Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast, Informed Aging, and tell your family and friends about us as well. You can reach out to us with email, informedagingpodcast at gmail.com, and look for us on Instagram, informed underscore aging, and facebook.com slash informedaging. Today's episode was recorded at Digital Broadcasting's podcast studio. That's it for now. We're looking forward to our next visit.